And welcome into the latest edition of The Sharpshooters. I'm David Schuster, joined as always by Andy Roth. And this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. More from our sponsor in just a little bit. And today we are joined by a very special guest, Mr. John Ireland, who I've known for quite some time. Uh, John, of course, is the play-by-play radio announcer for the Lakers. You can follow him on Twitter at LA Ireland. John's done a lot of things over the years. We'll get into that in just a moment. John, of course, is on the West Coast in Los Angeles or in the LA area. I'm in the middle in Chicago. Andy's in New York. So I guess, John, we have all bases covered here today. I was going to say we have the top three markets in the country covered all in one podcast. Good work by you. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, it was unintentional, trust me. <laughs> anyway, John, you know, you grew up in Southern California, Newport Beach, which, by the way, it's an absolutely gorgeous area. I'm very jealous of that. Um, you, you've been involved in, in the L.A. sports scene for a long, long time. You grew up with the Showtime years, the Shaq and Kobe years. You, are, you know, actually worked along with Kobe for some time also. What kind of kick is it for you just to be doing what you're doing, which is one of the best franchises in the in in the nba and that of course being well, the lakers the word i i used david and andy is surreal um hmm. i was a kid uh growing up in southern california i i say all the time that i was going to sportscaster school but i didn't know it uh, my announcers growing up as a kid you know the teams that were on television and on radio where i lived were the dodgers with vin scully the angels with dick enberg the kings with bob miller and of course, the Lakers with Chick Hearn, and Chick was my idol. I, you know, I, I think he's the best basketball announcer of all time. And I was one of those kids that didn't sleep a lot, even when I was in middle school or in college. And my parents, because they were good parents, were constantly on me to go to sleep, go to sleep. I would try and stay up and watch Johnny Carson when I was twelve years old. I did that too. Which is Andy, as you know, is about the most unhealthy thing for a kid, and it puts the fear of God into your parents. So yep. I uh, came up with the devious scam of. Uh, I had a transistor radio, and for those of you listening who are younger, uh, <laughs> Google it. A transistor radio is about the size of a cell phone, and you could turn it on and listen to AM radio. And I would put Chick Hearn, David, on the radio, and I'd put the radio under my pillow, and then I'd put my head on top of the pillow just loud enough so my parents couldn't hear it, <laughs> but I could hear it. And I would listen to Chick do the Laker games, and now I'm the voice on that radio and so for a kid growing up idolizing chick hearn in los angeles to end up in that chair it, again is is surreal but i try really hard not to take it for granted um broadcasting as you guys all know is like surfing you ride the wave until it finally crashes i've had a tremendous run here in la i was the sideline guy for 11 years this is my 10th year of being the radio play-by-play guy so uh I'm riding one of the longest waves on a surfboard in uh, L.A. history, and I'm very grateful for it. And, and John, you know, I got a taste of Chick Hearn the other day. I don't know if you know it. NBA TV ran a portion of the Lakers winning that 33rd straight game in Atlanta, and it was a, just a joy to listen to Chick. Well, Andy, what I do is I tell young Laker fans, because and here's the amazing thing. Chick died in 2002. So you could be 20 years old and never heard chick do a game you know frankly we could extend that out probably if you're 25 when you were two three four five you weren't listening to the radio so we've got 25 year olds who who literally don't know who chick is not like haven't heard him don't even know who he is so michael thompson and i i I do the games with michael and, and david sees us once a year when we come to chicago and sometimes david comes to milwaukee but um we try to mention chick at least once a broadcast and i always throw this line out there i said um if you have never heard Chick Hearn do a game, go onto YouTube, type Chick Hearn into a search window, 
and then yell at me because you're going to be there for two or three hours when you go down <laughs> the rabbit hole. And, uh, and you got a taste of that, Andy, the other night. He, he was just, I mean, most of the phrases that play-by-play announcers use today came from Chick. You know, nobody said slam dunk before Chick. Nobody said dribble drive. Nobody said put him in the popcorn machine. Nobody, you know, <laughs> uh, games in the refrigerator. Those all, all came from Chick. And uh, I use them all, all the time. I got to throw in a little bit of Chick also because I go back far enough, as John knows, to, to uh, have worked with Chick and, and Stu uh, back in the day. And, and Sue Stratton, we got to give her some credit also. Sure. She was the executive producer. Um, and 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 I he was so nice to me over all those years. And, and my fondest memory, honestly, John, is when he and Johnny Most teamed up to do, I think it was the 88 All-Star Game here in Chicago <laughs> at NBC Radio. And, and the rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics came through during that. And you could tell that even though they were both extre- extremely professional, there was that rivalry between the Lakers and the Celtics back in the day. And it just came through. So, yeah, he was just a marvelous, marvelous person. Hey, hey John, t- let's talk about the present, though. Um, Phil Jackson, of which you obviously are well familiar and you worked with him as well. He always said every season is an odyssey. I can always remember him saying that. Well, every season is an odyssey, and this is another odyssey season for the Lakers. How would you sum up the season to date so far? It's been frustrating. They're at exactly 500 at the time we're taping this podcast. They're they're 21 and 21. Uh, David, they've shown flashes of what they can be um, when they lock in defensively. Uh, Offense is never going to be a problem because they have LeBron, and eventually they're going to have Anthony Davis, and Malik Monk has been a pleasant surprise. Offensively, they can score. Uh, what cripples them is when they fall apart on defense. And that's what's been happening a lot. They can't get big stops, key stops. And um, when that happens, when the defense starts to break down, the games tend to get away from them. So that's the puzzle that they're trying to solve is everybody's pointing fingers at Russell Westbrook. And they say that it's Anthony Davis's injuries. And, and those are the reasons why we're 21 and 21. I can tell you as somebody who's, who's seen all the games, uh, our problem is coming up with stops and key moments of the game. If you look at our games, David, you saw it twice when we, we lost to the Bulls twice already this year. Uh, the other team's best player normally has a monster night against us because we can't come up with a stop. We, it, DeMar DeRozan scored uh, you know, north of 35 points twice. Right. So when you look at the Lakers season as a whole, you're going to hear a lot of finger pointing. You're going to hear a lot of stuff about AD. You're going to hear a lot of stuff about Westbrook. It's the defense that has let them down. Just a small example. Two nights ago against Memphis, tight game at halftime. We give up a 42-point third quarter. Last night in Sacramento, we lead by six at halftime and give up a 41-point third quarter, and the game gets away. So that's the puzzle that Frank Vogel's trying to solve. In his first two years here, Frank had the Lakers in the top three in defensive efficiency. Number one, the year they won the title. Uh, now they're middle of the pack and going backwards. So that's the puzzle that needs to get solved is the defense. Do you get the sense that the coaching staff in front office thinks that Anthony Davis's return is the magic elixir for the team? Or there are you know some of the issues that you talked about that still need to be solved? Can I say both? Can I answer that question? Yeah, sure. Um, We're flexible here. Uh, the... Anthony Davis is the best defensive player on the team. When they won the title, you know, which was because of the pandemic less than two years ago, it was in October of 2020. um, 
what they would do is the guards would pressure outside. They would they would help off the screens. They'd switch everything. And then if you happen to get by everybody, Anthony Davis would be waiting for you. He was like Shrek guarding the castle, you know, down in front of the rim. And he's an excellent shot blocker. For example, we're going into uh, Denver on Saturday. Davis usually was able to shut down Nikola Jokic, and nobody has been able to shut down Jokic. And even Dwight Howard had some luck against Jokic. Without AD against the Joker, it's going to be a really hard game for the Lakers. So he's, he's I, I don't know if I'd use your phrase magic elixir, but he's the best defensive player and he will help. But Andy, if you look at us, when we had AD, we were a 500 team. So it's more than just him. They've got to get some people defensively. You know, LeBron was, people forget, LeBron was four times all defense and can defend hard. And LeBron's been almost indescribable. Uh, I mean, putting up numbers at age 37 that no one's ever put up. Um, but they may, they may need LeBron to go back to when he was first team all defense. They may need young Taylor Horton Tucker, who David is a Chicago guy, um, to concentrate more on defense than on offense. You, you may see Austin Reeves, this undrafted rookie that they've got out of Oklahoma, who's a good defender, get a lot more minutes because um, I, I think, you know, Frank Vogel hangs his hat on, on defense. And I think he's getting to the point where if he sees guys get beat more than once on defense, he's going to have to take them out. I mean, it's become that bad. So Anthony Davis, to answer your question, Andy, is the, is the best defender we have, but he won't fix everything. If that answers your question. All right. Do you have a sense that who will play the five when AD returns? I think it'll be him. Although, when they agreed to sign Russell Westbrook or trade for Russell Westbrook, the conversation that AD, LeBron, and Russ had was, all right, AD can play the five. LeBron will go to the four. Russ will be at the one. And then we'll get a shooter. That's turned out to be Malik Monk to play out next to Russ. Well, when we play a team like Denver that has a, a natural big, they might start Dwight Howard just because Dwight, even at his age, is still really good defensively. Um, but I think AD is going to have to be ready to play more five when he comes back. And now we know we can put LeBron at the five if we need to. He's basically been unguardable. But I'm, I'm hesitant to even talk to offense, about offense with you guys because the defense is that big of a problem. Lately, we've been uh, one of the worst defensive teams in the league, and that's what the coaches and the players and everybody talk about. Hey, John, you mentioned LeBron a couple of times. How can you not? I mean, the man is unbelievable. Um, I've been very fortunate to have covered and, and watched every game of Michael Jordan's career up close and personal. What kind of kick is it for you to watch? If he isn't the best, he's arguably in the top two or three ever playing basketball in LeBron. And, and how amazing is it that at his age, at 37, this is the one area where people can always say that he has over Michael. Michael did start slowing down at this age. LeBron isn't. He's just a freak of nature. And David, it's not just Michael. I mean, I know we all go to Michael as the, you know, as the gold standard because he is, but no one ever, not Kareem, not Michael, not, you know, take your pick, name anybody, has put up the type of numbers LeBron has put up over the last three weeks at this age. It's he's basically he's scoring 30 to 35 points every night. He's still putting up huge rebound and assist numbers. Um, he takes care of his body is really the only way I can explain it better than maybe anyone in the history of the game. But for him to be doing this at this age is unprecedented. I mean, obviously I covered Kobe till the end of his career. We had Carl Malone here at the end of his career. All of those guys slowed down, whether it be injuries or just age. 
LeBron is averaging over this stretch his highest percentages, David and Andy, his, his highest per- shooting percentages since 2009. I mean, it's like he dialed 11 years back off the clock and he's 26-year-old LeBron. Uh, never seen anything like it. Now, here's the frustrating part about it. In this stretch, the Lakers are 11 and 9. So, you know, it's not resulting in wins yet, but it is astonishing to see what he's doing at this age. John, you mentioned some of the finger pointing going on, and obviously, you know, there's been a lot directed at Russell Westbrook. Just generally, what do you think of his play this season, and what do you think of the fit with this roster? Well, you're talking to probably the president of the Russell Westbrook fan club. So this is a hard conversation to me to have, but it'll be a good warm up when I do my talk show later today. Good, good. Uh, Russ played his worst game last night. That's the worst game I've seen him play, the game in Sacramento. He was two for 14. He made some bad decisions down the stretch. Um, Andy, the reason he's my favorite player in the whole league is I've never seen anyone play as hard as he does every night, all the time. Yep. Uh, the running joke is, he played uh, that my radio partner Steve Mason laughs at me because I say it so much. He plays a hundred miles an hour with his hair on fire. <laughs> I mean, he's just playing. If it was if he was a video game, he would be like noticeably faster than everyone else in the game. And I think in an era where a lot of guys are, you know, doing load management and a lot of guys are, you know, uh, mailing it in, and you see a lot of guys giving up, he just doesn't have that in him. And if you're going to spend three hours or you're going to spend $500 taking your family to a game, this guy always empties the tank every single time. And that's why I'm such a fan of his. Now, having said that, you asked me about fit. It's been an issue. Uh, Russ is trying to find his way to when to push it, when not to push it. Um, It was pointed out to him a couple of weeks ago that he leads the league in turnovers. So over the last four games, he's averaged two turnovers a game. He had two games where he had zero. The problem is he's dialing it back to take better care of the ball and it's messed up his shot. And so he's in yeah. a horrible shooting slump. And so teams are leaving him open. He was over five from three last night. He took a three at the end of the game when it was a four point game with maybe a minute to go. So game on the line where everybody in the building was, you know, thinking we're going to give it to LeBron and rush shot a three. He missed it. Kings got it, took it down, got a layup and that's the game. Um, so, even me, as the president of the Russell Westbrook fan club, has to admit that the fit is still a problem. He needs to find and define his role better. He still plays 100 miles an hour with his hair on fire, but it's a huge issue trying to figure out when he should push it and when he shouldn't. And, and let's face it, guys, he's used to being the man and carrying his team. He doesn't need to do that here on a team with LeBron and Anthony Davis. So he's trying to figure that out. So it's very much a work in progress. Do you hey, think his struggles in terms of shooting the ball over the last four years has now really just turned into a confidence issue, which obviously for a shooter, you need to have confidence in that shot? The funny thing is I watch him warm up every night. And, and when he warms up, he shoots like 70%. And in games lately, he's been shooting 20%. So it probably has something to do with confidence. It also probably has something to do with flow. They're, you know, he'll come in, he'll play the whole first quarter, then they'll take him out, put him back in. They're trying to figure out how to keep him kind of dialed in and fresh. Uh, I just think he's in a slump. I don't think he's going to shoot. I'm not going to tell you he's going to shoot 60%, but he's not going to shoot 20. I think that that he'll come out of it. Um, He's very good still at getting to the basket. 
His finishing hasn't been on point as it has been in the last four years. But if you study Russ's career, he's always better at the end of years than he is in the beginning. So I'm just hoping that, you know, this is a slump he's going through. We're about to go on what we call the Grammy road trip. Um, I I don't know if I can call it that anymore because they canceled the Grammys again for the second year in a row. But that's where they clear Staples Center out of the Lakers, Clippers, and Kings for, you know, 14 to 17 days. And we're going to find out. if this is a slump or something worse on this trip, because we've got to play at Brooklyn. We've got to play at Miami. We've got to play at Philadelphia, got to play at Charlotte on the same trip. Um, and, and so we'll, I think Russ is going to attack the basket more and not settle for outside shots, but we'll see. Hey guys, take a break for a moment. Uh, if there's anything uh, nearby, take a sip of whatever you got handy. And uh, let me just say real quickly that this podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. And the NFL playoffs are here. And DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is kicking things off with a huge offer. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can bet 56 to 1 odds on any wildcard team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team is victorious. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have something to play for this wildcard weekend. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN this wildcard weekend at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. You must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only, new customers only, Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Again, we're joined today by John Ireland, play-by-play announcer for the uh, LA Lakers. And John, uh, recently Rajon Rondo moved on. You know, he's now done a tour almost of the NBA. He's going to be playing sure. even going forward. I always loved Rajon. I mean, here's a man who always spoke his 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 peace and his truth and his truth really was the truth. Honestly, what were your impressions of dealing with him while he was in at Los Angeles? And I ultimately think he's going to be a good coach as long as he can temper himself a little bit. What do you think? David, I think you're shooting too low. I think he's going to be a GM. Okay. Wow. Um, I, I, I think he's that smart. Um, he, he may start as a coach, but I think it, it, eventually that guy's probably going to go into a front office. He, uh, he thinks he's like a chess player. He, he plays three, four moves ahead of everybody else. Um, I had a great experience with him. He was great to us. I know that the Laker front office really likes him. They just wanted to groom Taylor Horton Tucker to be, to get more minutes. And so that's why Rajan was expendable. But, um, you know, little thing, I'm sure you guys have heard the story. You know that, you know, that game connect four, where yeah. you got to connect the four thing. Rajan is like the greatest connect four player in his, like, seriously, like he could enter a tournament and win the whole thing. And think about that. What that is, is, Thinking two, three moves ahead. Um, he, I think what you're making reference to, is if he can temper it, sure, he's had some dust-ups. He had that situation in, in Dallas with Rick Carlisle that was like oil and water. But in terms of basketball, in terms of how you see the court and what you do and, and, and how things play out, I, I think his future's in the game. I think he's either a GM or a coach as soon as he's done playing. I thought the Cavs did a good job in terms of Rubio going down and picking up Rondo. You saw them early in the season. How impressed are you with the young guys there, and especially 
I think Mobley's a future MVP. Well, we had him here, Andy, in California at USC. We had him for one year. His brother is still there. Right, Isaiah. His yeah, his brother, Isaiah, is, is also a good player. Not as good as Evan. Um, and I, I know Andy Enfield a little bit, the, the coach at USC. And Andy told me once that Evan could have played in the NBA last year and had this impact when he was at USC. I mean, he's just one of those guys that was NBA ready the minute he set foot on a college campus. Um I, I, I think the Cavs are going to be a huge problem for somebody in the first round. Um, I, I, I won't say they're going to win it because I, I don't know who I would pick to get upset. I think that, um, you know, I think the Nets, um, I, I think the Heat, um, I, I think Philadelphia, um, all, and, and now we got to look at Chicago, all probably get out of the first round. But whichever one of those teams draws Cleveland, is going to get a six or a seven game series and could get tripped up. Um, I, I think that the, the job they've done in Cleveland, it, considering all the people that have left, you know, like, remember, what was it? 2017, they won the title. So here we are four or five years later. I think Kevin Love's the only one left of, of that team that had Kyrie and LeBron and everybody else. And, and, and they, they lose Colin Sexton. You would think, okay, that team's headed for the lottery. It's the opposite. They're heading for the playoffs. I think they're a five or six seed. And whoever they draw is not sweeping them, I'll tell you that. A few more minutes with John Ireland. And again, uh, we appreciate his time. John, uh, DeMar DeRozan, right from your backyard, he grew up real close to where the Lakers, he, he always said he was a Lakers. There were some discussions about him potentially joining the Lakers this uh, past season. It didn't happen. And I'm just wondering, uh, in retrospect, uh, are the Lakers maybe upset that they didn't take a, a, a shot at him? Well, it, you know, they talked to a bunch of people. Um, and, and really, when I say they, I'm talking about LeBron and AD. This was somewhat player driven. There are rules that our front office can't talk to guys who are under contract to other teams. But LeBron almost works as an ambassador when you have him. Uh, Rob Polink, our GM, says we we have more of a partnership with LeBron than than a a you know, organization player relationship. LeBron, as, as you guys all know, LeBron's got incredible clout. And um, they did talk to DeMar. I know they talked to Damian Lillard. Um, they ended up being able to put together the deal for Russ, which again, going back to what we talked about earlier, I was excited about because Russ is kind of my guy. Um, I'm just genuinely happy for DeMar. I, David, I don't know how, how well you've gotten to know him. He is one of the, the nicest, most uh, affable, it's like you can't believe this guy's a superstar because he treats everybody great. Um, he's from Compton around the corner. His his folks, you know, came to the games for years every day. He, he's another USC guy. So we've talked about two USC guys in a row here. Um, but uh, I'm just genuinely happy for him. I think he found a role on the team. He got a good coach in Billy Donovan. He's got a good wingman in Zach Levine. I think that he's hard to double because the other bulls are good enough where you can't leave them wide open. And if you don't double him, he'll eat you alive one-on-one -on -one. and you can't foul him because he makes his free throws. And I actually think it's, it's going to be incredible. I'll just ask you guys, it's going to be incredibly hard to pick the all NBA teams this year, but I think you have to have at least a conversation about putting DeMar on the first team. Um, like I think if I had to do my list today, I, you know, I'll, I'll ask you guys. Michael and I were doing this last night. Michael Thompson and I were doing this last night. So you really have four guys in the front court 
that all deserve to be there. Maybe five if you include Joel Embiid, who's been great lately. But you've got Durant, Giannis, Jokic, LeBron. Who are you taking out? I mean, I I, I would have said LeBron because we're 500. But look at his numbers. I, so so where do you, do you take Giannis out? You, you, do you take Jokic out? You can't take Durant out. I mean, so some, somebody's going to the second team. I think the same thing will happen with DeMar. Steph's a lock for one of the first team all NBA guards. And right now, I don't know about you guys, but I'd give the other spot to John Moran. Oh, I was just yeah. going to ask you about that. Just yeah, going to say I've, that. I've, Andy, I've seen, we've played Memphis four times already. Yeah, I got to, yeah, I had to get your take he's on that. He's the most exciting player in the NBA today. He's, I'm, I called a block the other day um, that Michael and I, David, I'll send you the call and so you can hear it. Michael and I were at a loss for words. We didn't know how to describe his block shot the other night. But, okay, so if, you're, if your guards, your first-team All-NBA guards, are Steph Curry and John Morant, what do you do with DeMar? Got to put him on the second team, I guess. But, I mean, he's got the way he's played. I, I, I think it's amazing that we're even having this conversation, that, that he's either first or second team for sure, don't you think? Yeah. Hey, look, here's another hypothetical question. Uh, recent poll of NBA executives, they had to pick their top player under 25 to build a franchise with. Number one pick was Doncic. Second was Ja. My pick is Ja. Who is your pick? It's Ja. I, I, uh, Zach Kleeman, the GM down there, he's, he's only 34 years old. He's one of the best young execs in the game. He used to work for the Lakers. He, uh, he started years ago as an intern in our PR department, and then he went to law school and became a lawyer, and now he's the GM of the Grizzlies. Um, they, when they didn't get Zion, they weren't all that disappointed. They were very, very happy to, to end up with Ja. I think they probably would have taken Zion. Anybody would have back then. But if you go back and do the draft now with, with Zion's injuries, it's a no-brainer. And Ja is 6'3", guys, and he plays like he's 6'8". I mean, he jumps. He has a 40-inch vertical leap. He's a great leader, if you ever see those wired-up segments when he's at practice. And look at, by the way, look at Memphis. I mean, everybody thinks they're too young to make a run this year. Are they? They've won at Golden State, at Phoenix. They beat Golden State the other night again in Memphis. Um, They've beaten the Lakers. They uh, Any playoff team that you would say, well, they'll never get past them and that playoff experience. They've already beat. They've won 10 games in a row. And look who they're missing. They have no Steven Adams. They have no Dylan Brooks. It doesn't matter. They're Guys, they're 11-2 and two without Ja. I mean, that's a really, really fun team to watch, and I think that they're going to be hanging deep into the playoffs. I don't know if they'll win it this year because of their age, but, uh, but I love that team. All I had to do was watch John Morant, that one NCAA game. I think it was against Marquette where he had, like, assist after assist. He's got a court sense like almost nobody else. Obviously, he can jump through, you know, through the roof. And he 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 plays just the way Derrick Rose did before. Derrick, unfortunately, had his first of many knee injuries. So, Michael yeah. Thompson made that point, David, the other night, said he reminded him of a young Derrick Rose. Totally. You know, but, and for me, I think his footwork in the lane is just different than any other guard. And and his explosiveness and guys, to get into the lane is amazing. And Well, to that point, Andy, he's averaging 25 points a game, and he's among the league leaders in points in the paint. Yeah, and oftentimes he'll be the shortest guy out there. So that tells you how quick and how and how high you can jump.
Well, I love point guards who can get into the lane. Um, speaking of point guards, well, he's not really a point guard. He's a combo guard. I'm sure somebody that the Lakers wish would still be on their roster is Alex Caruso. And I'm sure also that you became a big fan of his, John. Love him. His, his defensive prowess is almost unlike anybody I've ever seen. He's just got a court sense of where the ball is and where his hands and body needs to be to deflect passes. And, and he seems, you know, again, you're right. We don't get the chance to talk to these guys as much as we used to, unfortunately, because of the pandemic. But he just seems like a total team player. And uh, unfortunately, he's been injured recently and he had uh, COVID also. So the Bulls are missing him right now. But I'm sure you would speak of volumes about him as well. Yeah. How long you got? Uh, <laughs> one of my one of my favorite Lakers of all time. He um, he and, and the thing I love about his story is undrafted. Worked his way up through our G League team, played on a two-way, and then worked himself into free agency and got this great contract with the Bulls. And uh, there's nobody in Los Angeles that's not rooting for Caruso. By the way, most guys in Los Angeles are rooting for Lonzo and Kuzma and all those young guys. Um, the the thing about Caruso that, that a lot of Laker fans um, don't realize is they say, well, we should have just signed Caruso. Um, and if they would have signed him because of the money, it would have hit their luxury tax with like another 30 million. And they wouldn't have been able to sign Kendrick Nunn and maybe not even Malik Monk. So they thought between Monk and Nunn, they might be able to replace what Caruso brought. Hasn't worked out that way. Nunn uh, has a bone bruise, hasn't played. Uh, Monk's been great. Monk might be uh, the best minimum contract in the NBA right now. Uh, But both things can be true. You can still root for Caruso. And, um, and even though that he's on the other team and, and then wait and see on, on Kendrick Nunn, but, uh, I love Alex and you'll, David, you'll love watching him play every night just cause he's, if there was a hustle stat, he'd be in the top five every year. Oh, I do and love that, him. Absolutely. I, I was reading up on Monk a little and how difficult is it for the Lakers to retain him beyond this season? You think? Well, we'll find out. Well, one thing, Andy, you got to look at is. Rob Polinka, and this is like one of the things that Laker fans love about Rob, is he's championship or bust every year. Like 21 and 21 is not going to cut it. And uh, if we don't compete for the title this year, um, and we still got the whole second half of the season to see if we can get it in order, this team has always been built for 10 months, not 10 years. So they'll blow it up at the end of this year and recalibrate if they don't compete for the title. If they compete for the title this year, they can re-sign him because he's his own guy. But if they don't, there'll be a lot of people that aren't here next year, and it'll be a rebuild. So I, I think that that if they want to keep him, they can because you won't see what the rest of the team looks like. So how active do you think they'll be at the trade deadline? As active as anybody would let them be. In other words, they right. don't have a lot of tradable parts. Um, but I, I think the Lakers are on the phone every single day. I, I, I think that They've made a move in each year that Rob has been the GM. May not this year because of the roster construction we have. Um, most of our money's tied up in those three guys. But um, it won't be for lack of trying. Let's put it that way. They'll, they'll, be, they'll be on the phone and looking at uh, – I, I don't think the Lakers ever hang up the phone on anybody. I think they, they, they'll listen to what you got, and they'll make offers on their end. And I think they'll be as active as other teams are willing to be. Hey, John, last one from me. Uh, again, you're, you're very fortunate to be part of such a camaraderie, I'm guessing, with all the different announcers that you've worked with with the Lakers over the years. And, and right now it's a pretty good crew in itself. 
Bill McDonald is just a stitch. I love, you know, being, <laughs> he's funny as you know what. Uh, Stu, of course, has been around forever. Michael, of course, is great also. You know, what is it like the camaraderie that you guys have just in your broadcasting brethren? We, uh, we jokingly say it's like a sports bar without the liquor. Um, <laughs> the, uh, it's, it's one of the, it's one of the, uh, my favorite parts about the job is Bill and I started in the same year. Um, David, I don't know if you knew this. We grew up in the same hometown and went to the same high school. Bill's four years older than me. Um, but we, uh, we've known each other, you know, since we were six, 17, 18. We look at each other all the time and go, can you believe we're on this ride? It's, it's like, it's great. Um, and so, um, I, I, that's probably my favorite part about it, about the job is, is being part of that fraternity and being able to travel together. And, and, um, you know, you mentioned the, the radio and the TV guys, and we, we'd throw Mike Trudell in there and our backstage Laker guys are in there. And, and, uh, it's, we're one of the, we're one of the few teams that has our own bus. We got so many people traveling in the Lakers <laughs> party that we've, we've got a, a team bus, a staff bus, and a media bus. So the media bus is the fun one. If you have, if you ever want to need a ride from Chicago to Milwaukee, don't pass up the seat on that bus, David. It's fun. All right, my final question. I believe your broadcast partner might know a little about how Clay's feeling in his first two games. Uh, any insight there? Yeah, we were just talking about it last night. Uh, he, Clay's so happy to be back because I mean, guys, he went, you know, almost two and a half, three years without playing a game. I mean, the last game he played in was in the finals against Toronto. That's how far back he got to go. Um, so Michael's big worry is that he stays healthy. Doesn't care how long it takes him to work his way back into shape. Doesn't really care how he plays. He looked great in, in his first game. Um, his second game, still pretty good. His big focus, Andy, is making sure that he, he stays healthy and doesn't get a freak injury. Michael's normally against minute limits. He's, he's, surprisingly not against this one. He wants Clay to be very careful and really just wants him to be back for the playoffs. I mean, you basically had a Hall of Fame career interrupted by two freak injuries. And, um, you know, Michael is uh, – I'm, I'm the one announcer in the league that when I do a game, I have the Laker game, the game I'm calling in front of me, and then Michael has either an iPad or a smaller monitor with the Warriors game on next to that. So uh, we're keeping one eye on Clay and one eye on, on everything that's happening with the Warriors, and he's really excited. But he feels good about it. He says he's 100% healthy now. He just wants it to stay that way. Hey, John, uh, both Andy and myself greatly appreciate you joining us uh, today. Uh, Terrific always, having you on. Yeah, I always love when you guys come into town because, A, it's, it's showtime no matter what uh, year we're talking about. <laughs> and, and you guys are just so much fun to be around. So, again, we appreciate you joining us. Anytime, boys. Uh, have a great show and uh, stay safe.